0: funny thing yellow jackets can continue to sting you underwater
1: yeah can i go again because all these guys gave these really esoteric meaningful answers and i but really to cut through all of it we do it because it looks
2: cool i need another drink
0: Hi, top of the world headquarters of Southeastern Fly. This is the Southeastern Fly podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Share it with your friends and fishing folks. Subscribe or follow so you'll be the first to know when an episode drops. If you find value in the podcast and want to give back, please drive by the Southeastern Fly store and make a purchase. Before we go any further, let me clarify a few things. Don't let the title of the episode fool you. This is not... political podcast and it is not about politics. We're here to learn and have a fun evening. This is a fly fishing podcast and fly fishing brings us together. It doesn't divide. So please just sit back and enjoy the conversation. I guarantee you you'll learn something from this one. What's the premise behind this this episode? Most of our listening audience has taken a friend fly fishing. Some of your friends are novices, and some of your friends are seasoned anglers. If they're good friends, you take them to your favorite body of water. We wanted to make this episode about that experience, but we wanted to add a twist to it. Since all of us enjoy history, we landed on taking a dead president fly fishing. So who is we? Who are our guests today? You have heard me talk about him a time or two. This group has been getting together on a monthly basis for over 12 years. We fish together sometimes, not often, but sometimes. We tie flies together. We tell lies together. We come from different backgrounds and are of various ages. We went to different schools together. We all like fly fishing. It's the main ingredient that keeps this concoction. We call the liars and tires in check. Who is the first liar and tire? He's the patriarch of this loose-knit group of liars and tires. He has many identities and is referred to often as Jim, Reverend, preacher cp2r or chief pretends to row the rastafarian irish man he's the most complex man in fly fishing we all know him simply as anthony anthony welcome to the podcast
3: hey thank you david and I really appreciate being invited to, to the top of the international headquarters for southeastern fly is that is that the rockies that i see to the west of here
0: it's the smokies and they're to the east it's the
3: smokies <laughs> there to the east okay <laughs> All right, I'm gonna have to turn my hat around then.
0: Okay, yes, uh, yes, you need to uh, do yeah. something. Oh, so so, what are you drinking tonight, Anthony?
3: Uh, well, it's it's eight o'clock here, so it's past my bedtime. So I'm drinking chamomile tea with a little bit of honey in it.
0: Okay, and which dead president are you fishing with?
3: Grover Cleveland.
0: Grover he's, Cleveland. He's
3: dead, and he was a president. So yes, well,
0: it's a pretty easy pick. Yeah. I what uh, what number president is he? Do you know?
3: Well, interestingly enough, he's he has two numbers. He oh. has number yes. Okay, number, number twenty-two and number twenty-four. So glad you asked that little bit of trivia question there. Well,
0: right? yes, you get an A on that one. Thank you so much. Is that why you picked him? Because he had two numbers? Yeah,
3: no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, and I, I made them both up, but no, maybe close, close to right. No, I, I picked him, but because he's a portly man, or was a portly man. He's probably not now, but uh, and he and he was a fly fisherman. So yeah. Okay. Uh, with all the guidance that you gave us, that's the best I could come up with.
0: <laughs> well, Anthony, we're going to move on and next up to the table. He's a Rizzle Liar and Tire. He fishes more around the U.S. than anywhere else except off his back porch. He fishes with the wrong hand and ties flies that way, too. He's often referred to as B-Money, but we call him Barry. Barry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, David. Appreciate the invite. Yeah, man. So uh, what's 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 your favorite drink of the evening, anyway? I know this was a tough decision.
4: Yeah, it was. I have settled on some Knob Creek 15 year single barrel whiskey. Okay, and it is delicious.
0: On the <laughs> on the rocks, or is it
4: straight? Yes. A li- oh no, I got a little bit on the rocks. A little, a little on bit rocks. on the rocks. All right.
0: Sure. which dead
4: president are you take fishing. I chose our 34th president, Dwight Ike Eisenhower. Ike, Do you remember the uh, Happy Days episode
0: where? Fonzie was was campaigning for Ike, and Richie like, was campaigning for the other one. Do you remember that episode?
4: I like Ike campaign. I like Ike.
0: My bike likes Ike. That was, <laughs> yeah.
4: that was the campaign. <laughs> yes, classic. Oh.
0: So why did you, you pick Ike?
4: Actually, I also went with an experienced, uh, I think, uh, fly fisherman in, in Ike. He's really interesting. Number one, I would enjoy the history. So I picked him because of his, obviously, his history as a five-star general involvement. I guess he was a tank commander in World War I. Obviously, his commander uh, in World War II, a general in World War II. But he was an avid fly fisherman. Uh, After the war, he had a second home in Colorado, just loved fishing in Colorado. I think what caught my eye is he was in a little hot water with the Colorado uh, wildlife Resource Agency because he would take over his limit of trout, uh-huh. and uh, he, he got in a little hot water after that. But he's he's a really interesting guy, and there's a video if you guys could look it up when he was deciding to run to pre- for president. His running mate was Richard Nixon, and they were having a little strategy campaign in Colorado, mm-hmm. and there's film of. Ike out there trying to teach Richard Nixon how to fly fish, and he had nothing to do with it. He was just out there just like, just wailing away. <laughs> <I> <laughs> and it ends up just, that. <laughs> oh, it's classic. I mean, and just the look on his face, and apparently, it, and there's also reports that he kept hooking himself and just kind of threw the fly rod down and just stomped off. So he hit <laughs> yeah, during his two terms of presidency for over eight years, He had 40 fly fishing excursions during that time as president. So he understood the importance of maybe getting away from the uh, Oval Office. Well, then you picked
0: a good one. Then another, again, more experienced person. That's a good one. All right. So moving around the Zoom room, this guy is a watercolor watercolor artist, a former college quarterback, guitar player, and singer. He's the one we all love to hate because he's got so much talent. (laughs) <laughs> this is his fifth appearance on the Southeastern Fly podcast. He has terrible taste in friends. Dan Charlie, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, David. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. So what's your drink of choice this evening?
1: I'm drinking a uh, pumpkin ale uh, from Schlafly, I think out of St. Louis. Oh. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, it ends in F-L-Y, which seemed appropriate for our discussion today. Oh,
0: look at that. It's true. a great
1: beer you're the pumpkin stuff.
0: Okay. Well, this is the pumpkin. Is the, the season, year, or is it? Yeah, it is the season, isn't it? Not much mm-hmm. longer though. So, which uh, which dead president are you taking fly fishing?
1: I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to stick with my original choice. I was going back and forth um, and almost chose uh, Teddy Roosevelt because mm. Teddy was a big outdoorsman and conservationist. But um, I've read enough about president roosevelt that um i understand he would probably talk your head off your shoulders and um i don't know if i want to put up with this all time <laughs> so so I'll, I'll go with my original choice which is a little weird too because i i was alive when this president was alive too so it's a it's a little little different but um i'm gonna put myself back in time and would go fishing with him when he was alive but that would be uh, george hw bush our 41st president and he's a member of the International uh, Fishing Hall of Fame. So um, Is he and, really? Uh, Bass Fishing Hall of Fame as well. So a big angler. And I don't know if he ever fly fished or not, but he loves fishing. So seems like a good guy to go fishing with.
0: All right. Good for you. All right. Moving right along. This is going easier than I thought it was going to go. And y'all have done some research, more than I've done. So I'm just going to be learning along with the audience, I think. So finally, this guy is last, but only because his name starts with G. Uh, We've been friends for over 20 years. He spends more and more time camping and fishing around many states in the U.S. Uh, Every year, it seems like he's gone more and more. He is our resident fly rod maker and fly rod maker teacher. He coined the phrase, or this is where he was the first one I heard it from. He coined the phrase, life is short, eat dessert first, which is a is a mantra to live by. He's known by many as Yoda because he can fix any things and knows many things. Gary Woods, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Dave. <laughs> What's your drink of choice I can't, tonight?
2: I can't, I can't fix what that noise is.
0: But... No, you can't. It can't be fixed.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm having a little pillar rum with uh, oh. about four parts rum and about one part Coke. So rum and Coke. And you said no ice? No, yeah. You know, there's a little ice in here. I was kidding about the percentages. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you were. Yeah. Sure.
3: There's no, there's no Coke.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's no <laughs> yeah, Coke. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Zero Coke. No, That's it's good. it's uh, coke, it's coke. rum and Coke traditionally. That
0: yeah. that that drink, the the rum, it tastes like it's butter infused. Speaking, I'm of sure infused, it is butter infused. It's got to be, man. It's the best. It sure smells ever. good. Yes. Yeah. And and Dan, before you got on here, we were talking about I'm going to infuse some uh, bourbon with bacon. That's my next experiment. So, all right, we'll see how that goes. Gary, which dead president are you taking fishing? Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, our third president. Our third president. Our third president. Anthony, I think you were around whenever he was president, weren't you? I
3: think I was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember him? I do remember him. (laughs) Voted for him. He was a lanky fellow. Yeah.
0: Was he? Okay. As were most people back then. <laughs> exactly. Wasn't a lot of food around.
3: Not a lot of
2: food. Gary, tell us why you picked him. Uh honestly, because we don't get enough fishing days in a year to fish mm. with somebody that's that's boring. Yeah. And oh, that's
3: good. That's good.
2: <laughs> and um, he's extremely complex and interesting and um and a great naturalist in his own right. And he was a fisherman, although I doubt a fly fisherman. He enjoyed fishing, loved the outdoors so much that he bought 820 thousand square miles of outdoors in the Louisiana Purchase. I found that interesting, That's interesting because yeah. I, I'm thinking there's a lot of good water between Louisiana and Montana. Um, mm-hmm. So I found that I found that interesting. Uh, his, his nemesis was Hamilton. Washington somehow got the two of them together in a fishing trip. And history doesn't tell us what ensued. So I assume they, they left politics behind and just fish. Uh, there was no duel at the end of it. So I, I, you know, I have to think that maybe that was probably pretty brilliant on Washington's uh, part to to get those two together in a in a setting that wasn't Washington or New York or wherever the capital would have been at that time, Philly or wherever it was. But anyway, he, he put them in a setting where the guards down, they find more common ground fishing then they would have argued over politics. So that's why I chose uh, Jefferson. Well, let's get
0: rolling. Let's start with Barry. So Barry, you said you want to go fishing. You want to go fishing with Ike. Where are you going to take him to fish?
4: I'm going to take Ike to the Great Smoky Mountain National Park.
0: Ooh, nice.
4: Reason being, that's kind of where I fell in love with fly fishing. I think within a year of moving down to Tennessee from Ohio, uh, me and my good friend from Ohio met, did a backpacking trip in the mountains and we were both learning to fly fish at the time and just had the greatest time. And I've been back many times since then. Just the scenery is gorgeous. The trout are aggressive, but not big, but they're great trout. And just kind of like what I'd like to do is probably recreate that trip when we go to like Tremont and start fishing uh, above the Cascades and Lynn Camp, come back, stay at the Tally Ho Inn, go to Joe's Barbecue for dinner, and uh, next day go out to the kind of the East Fork prong out by Elkmont and fish up in there, and that's where we backpack. So and we were going to go in May.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
4: And th- the May is the best time there because the wildflowers out on the trails are amazing, and at night if you're back up there in the mountains, the fireflies just it lights up the sky. It's it's just a it's one of my favorite places ever is the smoky mountains. And it's been a long time since I've been back there, but that's kind of where I, what I would where I would take Ike.
0: Now you and I fished up that way up in the Tremont area one time.
4: We did. We went to land the Cascades there on mm-hmm. Lynn Camp Prong. Yeah. And it was a day trip too. We got up early, did it all in one day.
0: <laughs> yeah, we did. It,
4: it was a it was a great trip. We had yeah. fun.
0: That was the day I stepped in the in the yellow jackets.
4: Yes. 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 I've never seen you move that fast since I don't you think never. I've moved that fast since.
0: <laughs> uh and funny thing, yellow jackets can continue to sting you underwater. So yeah. Just just a little bit of trivia <laughs> there.
4: <laughs> FYI.
0: Good to know. Good to yeah. know. <laughs> they are evil.
3: Wisdom. Yes. Wisdom. Yeah. Yes,
0: wisdom. That's
4: right. That's right.
3: Hey Barry, is the tally hole still up there?
4: It is. Cool. Yes. It's still locally owned. Same family, I think, that owns it since the 50s, I believe.
0: Still stayed in the same family. Have you ever stayed in that old section over there to the left?
4: I have. Yeah, Yeah. I have.
0: With the real old paneling and all that in it? Oh, yeah. I don't think it's changed since the 50s. I don't think it has either, but (laughs) it was spotless whenever I was there. I mean, spotless.
4: Ah, yeah, it's great condition. It's just the guy still gives you I think he fills out the reservations on a little... Three by five card, and that's his that's his filing system. Still got <laughs> <laughs> three by five cards there.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So Barry's taking Ike up to to the Smokies up toward Tremont and then up to Elkmont. Uh he's got a couple of days of good hard fishing there and some camping thrown in. Let's move on to Yoda. So Yoda, you're fishing with Jefferson and where are you taking
2: him to fish? Well, ironically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more, <laughs> Uh, middle Prong of the Little River. Um, okay. All right. So, but up, but up high for Brookies. Okay. Um, I, um, I think TJ. I ca- I get to call him TJ uh, because we fish did. together. <laughs> yes, we um, fish together. Right. Because we fish together. I think he would be uh, right at home there, especially up high. It's certainly not my home waters. Fishing in the Smokies is where I always long to go when I think about fly fishing that's where my brain goes and I don't go often and don't ask me why, cause I don't know. <laughs> but, 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 when I think about it, Barry did a great uh, job of describing fishing in the Smokies, but, um, it, it, it's pure up there. And, um, I like the old growth forest that you stumble into up in there. It, it just, it, it's just pure up there to me. That's, that's what, that's what fly fishing feels like to me up there. And uh, and and I think he would. I think he'd fit right in. I think that's a good way to describe it. So
0: we got a couple of dead presidents running around in Smoky so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's see. There's no telling where where Rastafari man is going to take his. So mm-hmm. let's see what Anthony's thinking. Anthony, you're taking Grover Cleveland. I am. Who I am who taking- is is from my recollection? From what you've told me. He is the twenty second and twenty fourth president of the United States. These United States.
3: Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, <clears throat> so, where are you taking Grover? I am. Do, taking, do you call him GC, or do you call call him Grover? What do oh, you call him? I call him,
3: him. I call him Grover because it goes back to our Sesame Street days, and it's just you know, yeah, yeah. It's whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I tell you what. I have. I'm calling an audible on myself on this. I'm. Oh, I'm oh. sitting here listening to all you you trout purists talking about your. Pristine waters and taking them and fishing for trout and they're not big, that big. I'm taking Grover because he again he he seems like like a people kind of guy. Just from a little I've studied about him and you know portly gentleman and just you know bad attitude about a lot of things. Just he's just kind of my kind of guy. Yeah, he and, is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> know, excuse me, short views. Yeah, uh, yeah. All that good stuff. I'm going to take him to my very, very true home waters. I'm going to take him to Richland Creek, which is a warm water creek south of Cornersville, Tennessee, between Cornersville, Tennessee, and Pulaski, Tennessee. Uh, It's bordered by uh, uh, dairy farms and beef cattle and snakes and all sorts of stuff. Um... It's just definitely warm water. You're going to catch red eye, and bluegill, and you know if you're lucky, a bass and just all sorts of of stuff. What a lot of people call trash fish. But it's it's where it's where I started fly fishing with my uh, Western Auto fly rod. We're going to fish popping bugs, and we're going to catch a bunch of fish and just have a good old time and try to avoid the cow piles. <laughs>
0: And the snakes.
3: And the snakes.
0: Yeah, definitely want to avoid the snakes. So that's is that's kinda is that where you're from? Corner Yeah, around? yeah. Down that uh, area? Yeah,
3: yeah. Originally, yeah.
0: Okay. That's where your famous tractor ride was.
3: That's where my famous tractor <laughs> yeah, ride was. Yeah. Yes. That, that was a mountainous section. This is a this is a more level section.
1: <laughs> devote another podcast to just that.
3: Yeah. Huh?
1: Should devote another podcast to just that story. <laughs> just yeah, know, just to ride the tractor down the hill.
3: That, that's just so old. <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe I'm so old.
0: No, no. Yeah. That's, that's not what TJ said. There's no
3: maybe, there's no maybe to that, is there?
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, uh, all right. Well, we're ready to move on and ask Dan the same question. So you're going to fish with uh George H. W. Bush. And where are you going to take him?
1: I just actually changed my mind, and I'm going to take him. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Another another Audible. We're out of control. Another
1: Audible. Omaha. Omaha. Um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) He could probably
1: take me. I should ask him where he would like to go since he's in the Hall of Fame. He probably has a lot more connections than I do. (laughs) But I'm going to push Push the the limits of the southeast just a little bit and go as far west in the southeast as I think is allowed to happen here in this (laughs) podcast and take him to Heber Springs, Arkansas and fish the Little Red River Um, and do so in the Mm -hmm. fall uh, before the the browns get on their reds when they're when they're in pre-spawn mode and eating and especially at night and i would take him up there and fish and and most importantly i think i'd do that so he could fish with my dad so i think that would be a treat for him although my dad would give him hell about raising taxes so we would <laughs> we had to avoid that from the conversation <laughs> as long as we focused on fishing i think everything would be just just perfect
0: yeah i think if more it was focused on fishing everything would be a lot better
1: throwing big streamers at night up there is is a lot of fun you you may not catch anything but if you do catch something it's usually something uh you're proud
0: of yes yeah we uh we did that at your place up there didn't mm-hmm. we yeah. tried i don't think i don't tried. remember catching I don't know anything. if
1: we, we were there in the summertime i think or did we yeah. go in the fall i thought we went in
0: kind of in the fall yes yeah. oh the leaves were the leaves oh yeah were a problem the fall, then. so yeah, that's it was right Well, yeah.
1: generation was a problem
3: it was yeah you
0: know. yeah we won't talk about the people in the hot tub that's a whole other story there. Another, yes.
3: That's another podcast.
0: <coughs> yeah, yeah. We still don't know who they are, but right. Um, yeah. all right. Well, so we know where everybody's who everybody's fishing with, and we know where everybody's taking them. Uh, and if you noticed, it, it was everybody is going in the southeast to fish in the southeast. So that was one of the things uh, that we that we made sure that we wanted to talk about there. So
3: because you're southeastern fly, you still got that.
0: That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Not just another pretty (laughs) face, Anthony.
3: Good job.
0: Yeah, yeah. Our audience, for the most part, comes to this podcast, A, to laugh at me probably, but B, to learn tips and techniques from folks. Let's move on into our tips and techniques uh, portion of the program. And this is where where we want to talk about flies and fly types and rods and and tips and tricks and presentations and that sort of thing not necessarily in any order we want to talk about those things so that we can get a little bit more information out to the folks that take the time and have made it this far into the into the podcast they probably deserve a medal but -hmm. instead of a medal we're going to give them some tips and tips and tricks uh and yoda let's start with you fishing with jefferson uh seems like it'd be fun to fish with him number one but what type of fly fishing uh, are, y'all, are you going to introduce him to up in the Smokies?
2: We're going to go high above 2,500 or 3,000 feet where, where rookies stand a chance. It would be dry fly fishing if it's successful. Um, if it's not, we'll go to be dead <laughs> pheasant tails but, um, in a heartbeat. But dry fly fishing, I'm going to build my president. Uh, I'm going to build him a, a fly rod because <laughs> I can. <laughs> and... Uh, I'm going to build him a, a two-weight, seven-and-a-half-foot, seven-six-foot uh, glass, of course, rod, present it to him uh, because evidently the only way I'll ever get to build a fly rod for a president <laughs> is in his fantasy day. So <laughs> I'm a simple fisherman that y'all all will attest to. There's nothing fancy about me. This would be simple. Adams, midges, uh 14, 20, 18, 20, until they get so small, I can't see to tie them on anymore, and which so is still pretty big. Getting worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So still pretty big. Uh, yeah. They, uh, Brookies, Brookies will take, uh, take a bigger, a bigger fly. I've only been up there and fish for them a couple of times. You're fishing, you're fishing under a canopy. Most of the time where, where they're at your canopy of trees or, Rhododendron or Mount Laurel or something, and and the presentation is everything. But what I've with them, they're, they're shy. They're shy little boogers, and um you got to sneak up on them. Is the only way I've been able to catch them. And the only way I've had, had any luck up there is to is to uh get where where water's falling off pretty well, and and actually casting into pools that are over my head that I can't see. And <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, because by the time you climb up to it, you've announced to every brook trout in the area that you're there. That's the only way I've ever caught them was to uh, flip into a pool that that I literally couldn't see. You kind of know where it's at. That that would be my um, my help for him uh, would be stealth, light, short rod, simple flies. Well, and probably depending on the time of the year, probably some ants up there too. That's uh, pretty much what I would would be presenting him with would would be to sneak up on them. And, so do you
0: think that, that stealth is the number one thing that you would try to get through his mind?
2: Absolutely. Well, yes, ab- absolutely. For, for the, I mean, that holds true for all kinds of fish, but th- they're used to being in a stream that they're pretty well left alone by everything because most people don't hike up right. into the mountains that far. So they're not, they're not used to people's presence or presence of much of anything. So yeah, that. It's it's a it's challenging, um, or it has been for me. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> you know, you're going to lose a lot of flies, or I, I lose a lot of flies because you know you got fly hungry trees that are uh, all too
0: <laughs> yes. willing <I'm>
2: to <laughs> devour yours. And by the time you shake it out of the tree, then that pool shot. And so, yeah, stealth is for me. Stealth is is everything with brookies. All right,
0: Anthony Rastafari, man. Yes, Grover yes. Cleveland. He's already known as a fly angler, right? Right, and you said you're going to take him to Richland Creek.
3: Richland Creek, yes, I am. And
0: how wide is that creek?
3: to twelve feet in places, six in other places. It'll run from, depending on time of year, uh, waist deep to chest deep, or down to knee deep. You know, it's just a it's it's a typical Tennessee creek, and it runs through the farmland. Nothing nothing fancy about it. Cleveland Cleveland's like from New Jersey, so he's kind of a northeast kind of guy and got the Babylon Brooks and, and all that stuff, which is wonderful. I've I've fished some up in the New York State area, New Hampshire, up and in, up in through there. And it's, it's gorgeous water. It's tremendous. i uh, not saying anything against it at all. I just doubt that he's come across water like what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When I started fly fishing, oh, many years, over 50 years ago, I had to go 10 miles to the closest Western Auto to buy the one fly rod that they had. And they didn't really know what they had and they were happy to sell it to me because 'cause they'd had it in stock for like four years. You know, I'd I'd read outdoor life and field and stream, and that's how I learned to fly fish. So I got some line and I got I guess I used I used a leader. May have just done it straight to the fly line, I don't know. It didn't change <laughs> uh, teach me. Uh but you know, we we'd fish or I'd fish popping bugs mostly or, or woolly buggers. And it's just it's just kind of gorilla fly fishing. You get out in the water and you slap some popping bugs around there and by golly these little bluegill to attack it with a passion and hit it and run like crazy and it's just fun i've done the 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 tactical fishing and and uh, fishing for brookies and and you know i've got a lot of different experiences but uh, just kind of go back to that it's like it was just fun so we start there
2: that's what it's supposed to be yeah you
3: know you don't overthink. You just get out there and whack away and catch some fish and smile at them. They smile at you, you throw them back and start all over again.
0: So I wonder, I wonder how many people out there listening or, or in general that are that fly fish started for the most part by catching bluegill in a little yeah. creek or in a lake or a pond or something like that. Or soon after they started fishing, they learned that, hey, I can get more strikes over here Yeah, doing this than I can wherever else I'm trying to fish. So. I think that's a good plan. And you're going back to your roots, which is, I think that's always cool that you do that. So, what what type of rod are you going to give him?
3: Cheap cheap fiberglass uh, eagle claw. That's what I prefer.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, you know, <laughs> and I've got I've got my original rod that I bought one of these many years ago. And again, you know, my choice was that's a fly rod. If you want it, good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm probably going to give him basically what I started with, which was an eagle claw by seven and a half foot, surprisingly a seven weight, which is way overlined for Mm -hmm. what you're fishing for but again your choice was this rod or no rod you know it doesn't matter they're short cast you're casting mostly the line and the popping bug and you know maybe five feet of actual fly line after that and it's not technical it's just it's just fishing
0: and it's low gradient streams probably down in that area right it's not yeah yeah yeah. So lots yeah. of flat areas, some riffles probably. Lots
3: of flat. Yeah. A few riffles here and there. And, you know, you fish it, you fish it during the summer and you're, you're in tennis shoes and short denim shorts or cut off jeans. And, and that's how you go.
0: Would, would you fish any crawfish patterns or anything like that or just straight popping bugs?
3: I start off with the popping bugs. I'd fish woolly boogers because I'm such a sophisticated angler now. Yeah, I'd probably <laughs> do crawfish, crawfish <laughs> patterns. we we'd never heard of such a thing now you could you could buy those those little uh, plastic crawfish and stick a hook in them back back in the day no yeah
0: yeah fun catch So you
3: could could yeah could <laughs> you, know, you know any kind of any kind of woolly booger something that looks looked big and not too dangerous same thing with the flat with the popping bug white black and green. About a number 10 hook, woolly booger, same size, black or green, or black or olive. You know, I didn't know what a zoo cougar was back then, but a zoo cougar worked pretty good. Mm. Just some little simple streamers like that.
0: Yeah, we all know zoo cougars don't work.
3: Yeah, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They would there. They I, think,
0: I think anytime that I'm on a warm water stream, I think I just get there and think, I should be fishing poppers. Yeah. Yeah. Really do. And and I don't know if it matters what time of year I go. I always have to try one or two for, for a while, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know, I might get on a streamer eventually I'm gonna move my way over to a, a popping bug and just try it and keep trying it for probably too long. But every once in a while.
3: That's what that's what I'm doing. That I'm trying to convert over to warm water lake fishing and and even with that I'll start out with a popping bug and it's February. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um uh, but uh that's 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 a go to start. A popper
1: yeah. with a dropper is a good good call too. So you yeah, brim killer yeah. off of a, a popper or a small um, streamer, it works a magic.
0: It does, doesn't it?
1: Tons of fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Come up yeah. and look at the at the bottom fly and end up eating the top fly or vice versa. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You got two shots at them, so mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. You're going back to your roots and taking somebody with you, and 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 enjoying where you started, and. It, I don't have my first fly rod. I pulled it up in the anchor rope one day and crushed the tip of oh, it. Yeah. Uh but I, I do think it's cool that you have that that fiberglass rod.
3: Yeah. Well if you recall that fiberglass rod caught a very nice bass. I That's
0: what I was it. gonna say. We all know
3: yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that. Tell
0: us that story. Legs. No. <laughs> no, please. Please no. <laughs> don't make it don't ask that.
3: No, no. It was a dark and stormy night. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Yoda, the Yoda, Ore the man, and, and net, 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 man, net, man. He was net, man. And yeah, it's very much an encourager. <laughs> and also the guy that just kept saying, I don't believe you done that. I don't believe you done that. I don't believe you done that. I didn't. Well,
0: happen. we've all seen the pictures. So. That's
3: right. And I'm getting, you know, Yoda, Yoda's the best witness you can get.
0: True. Yeah. True. He doesn't mind near as much as the rest of us. No, not so, near as much. Uh, it's legit. <laughs> Yeah, better. <laughs> <Pick> <laughs> that's, that's sh- important
3: too that's important too pick
0: your shots right yeah
3: the <laughs> other reason the other reason that I would take Grover Cleveland to Richland Creek is because I don't want to take him to my favorite place but that's another oh yeah, okay I'm, I'm not going there I'm not, not going go to go. go there no I'm not going to go there teleco I'm not going to go there
1: I was going to say Mona Boat Ramp yeah right <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. there we, <laughs> we go
4: Calderwood. Oh, Calderwood. No, Calderwood.
1: Calderwood. We all know it's Calderwood.
0: Oh, yeah. Calderwood. <laughs> yeah, mean, go, ahead,
1: go ahead and say it.
3: You know, how long have we been talking is just now coming up, Calderwood? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Calderwood. No, yeah. it came up earlier, remember?
3: I know, Calderwood. but not while you are recording. Well,
1: yeah. Grover Cleveland would see that
3: dam at Calderwood
1: and say, that's an old dam. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's a wise man. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. He's dead, you know. But anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Dan, we're going to move on from that. Uh, Dan, you got George H.W. Bush, uh, and he would be the youngest president, and you would be the youngest of this group. Uh, what type of fly fishing are you going to do to introduce him to?
1: Well, I think because of the river I chose and and the time that I'm hopeful to go there, would be in the fall, and um, I've had some of my best luck at night fishing there. So hopefully, we'll get some good generation. Maybe, maybe the president can call ahead Fair and you dial that <laughs> up. Yes, yes. Um, um, but it'll. we would fish at night, throwing streamers and and try our luck at some of the the big browns and maybe feeding just before they go on to the reds. So, what about fly types? <laughs> about what the <laughs> ty- types of flies? <laughs> types of I and flight tights. Yes, we'd be where it's cold, we would we would have be, tights on. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sure you would. We, uh, fly we would probably uh in my experience is anything dark um is typically your best bet yes. at night, so big flies, um bushy, dark, um black um with a little bit of flash maybe purple works really well maybe have a contrast in there and weirdly enough yellow has produced for me at night i don't know well, particularly huh. why well, but
3: why the dark? the dark's counterintuitive to me i don't mm-hmm. get
4: that
1: yeah dark uh, because of the silhouette i mean if you're yeah. having any light whatsoever if there's any moon out or if there you know there's some houses on the river that it will have spotlights on, um, having something that that's a silhouette and the water seems to work better than lighter colors, except for, for some reason, yellow, but dark colors are usually you go to, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. I've, I've used big woolly buggers to just some ugly streamers, put some marabou and some, and some, um, craft fur that, you know, a little bit of flash. Typically, I like to use a sink tip um, just because some of these flies will be a little bit bushy and, and and takes a little bit of time for them to get wet enough to, to get below subsurface or to get subsurface, especially if it's like a zoo or something like that, that deer hair, it may take a little bit of time. So a sink tip can save you some time there to get your your fly in the strike zone. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of just Casting and stripping back, and the best thing about fishing at night is every cast that you you have feels perfect. So you just think you're the world's greatest fly caster at night. So, yeah. One thing I have learned, though, at fishing at night is make sure that the fly is actually er- periodically check your fly just to make sure it's still attached. That's to good advice for a all, Ben.
0: That's strong right there, dude.
1: And you don't have to, at night, you can use a little bit heavier uh, tippet, too, so you don't have to be so leader conscious. They're not that that shy at night. They're no attack, and they're looking to stock up on some protein for the, for the spawn.
0: Uh, and Night fishing intrigues me, and I've done it. I've caught a, or knocked a bat out of the out of the air night fishing into the boat. Mm. Yep. I've caught a few things night fishing, but I don't feel like I've ever given it its true due, if you will, to see if I could really do it and, and come up with that great big fish that everybody's looking for. I need to yeah. do that. I just haven't done it. I've got a couple of places I could go and I just haven't done it yet. Other than, you know, fishing with y'all over there. I fished around here at night some there's a couple other places here around here that i really want to go fish but just haven't done it and i've always wanted to fish under the lights like in florida and that sort of thing at night for snook and that sort of thing so
1: at least for for night fishing especially if you're waiting the the best bet is to be very familiar with where you're waiting and and that that can help a whole lot so you don't step into something you don't want to and um put yourself in danger so doing that can help out a whole lot some pre you know during the day scouting even just try to figure out where you're going to wait at night if you're in a boat it's a whole different story but certainly i think we would probably be waiting and now you know since president bush has passed on I'm, I'm going to assume the rules would allow me to bring back dead relatives, too, so I would bring back my uncle. Of course. There yes. you go. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uncle <laughs> Art. Who was, who was yes. an expert uh, night fisherman and, um, <laughs> yeah, and very opinionated about it. Uh, he would uh, he would be an excellent companion to go along for our fishing excursion. <laughs> I, oh, absolutely.
0: Yes. Yeah. I don't think that damn dog, is he going to bring that damn dog? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uncle Art loved to fish at night. A lot of big fish at night. Did I he really? I didn't. Him. I don't think mm. I
0: knew that. Is that where you got your bug from?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah,
0: that's what I figured. Okay. Well, let's move on to Barry here. So Eisenhower, he's an interesting person. It seems like he—if he didn't catch—if he didn't catch a fish, it seems like he'd make you do push-ups or run up a mountain or something. What type of fish fishing are you going to do?
4: I'd just like to add, though, the only problem with night fishing is it cuts into your drinking time. So, <laughs> so just just add that. So Ike, no, I think Ike is uh he, he'd be wanting to catch some fish. And Gary did a good job of kind of explaining how to fish the Smokies, just kind of, I would just kind of what's worked good for me. And typically I find the best time is like in the, just like anywhere it's in the spring and the fall is usually when it, it fishes the best. I would go, like I said, in the in May, uh, I usually a four weight, the yeah, eight and a half length rod, you know, you only need a four five X tippet, nothing. I mean, the water's pretty fast moving. So you don't have to worry, worry too much about the tippet but I do the kind of combination of what Gary talks about. I do a dry fly and a dropper. I'll use a yellow parachute Adams, I think, with a little beadhead pheasant tail tied about 18 inches off the back. And that way you got your your, your nymph and the lower water covered, and you also got the, the top covered with the dry fly. So if they start hitting the dry fly, then I'll just cut off the, the beadhead pheasant tail and just fish the dry, because that's the most fun. And you're using a 4X 5X usually is 5X, what I'll 5X, use. 5X, yeah. Okay. Yeah x. Some people use longer length rods because it's easier to high stick. You'd like to keep the the since you're not fishing long distances it's kind of short pockets and pools like Gary pointed out you keep the fly line off the water that seems to work kind of the best to help you with the, the float and less drag. you know obviously Gary said you got you got to be stealthy um, and you also got to keep moving if you don't get a, a hit within two or three casts or drifts you just want to keep moving up the river. And I think it's important you always fish upstream and drift to fly back to seems to have the most success that I've experienced. And it's really kind of neat about that area is, is it, it, you got to have faith. And that's when I kind of learned about, you know, kind of brought as far as really fly fishing, you, you can't really spot the fish because the water's fast moving. They come out of nowhere. They're just so aggressive and they just strike from underneath rocks. And if you really, if you, you got to convince yourself then they're, that they're in there. And once you convince yourself that there's trout in there and they're going to hit that dry, even though you can't see them or you can't see them a lot of places, you can see the fish feeding. It's rare that you can see every once in a while, some of the calmer pools, you can see a fish feed, but most of the time in the faster water, you don't see them uh, feeding, but they just fly out from the rock and just watching a trout come out from underneath the rock and hit your dry fly is Probably one of the coolest things. That you'll experience fly fishing. Those are kind of a couple things that I would add kind of what Gary said. But it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. You got to keep moving. You got to stay hidden. You try to keep the fly off the water. Is be- I mean the fly line off the water, and that seems to work well.
0: I have to say that's all. That's a great description of what you're looking for. And you're right. You do have to convince yourself that there's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why I'm I'm fishing this type of water and looking at, at this this float that I'm trying to get for this presentation. But I didn't realize how good Barry was at doing this until I fished with him. Uh, I think we went to oh, uh, what was the name of that trout trout fest over in
4: oh, yeah. remember
0: going to Trout Fest that time and I was tying and then where, oh, where it was I great. finished, we went up into the mountains and he put on his hopper dropper or his uh, uh, dry dropper. I don't I I was probably fishing a number ten Thunderhead if I had to guess. But he uh Man, he whacked them that day. I mean, every time I looked up, he was hooked up. All of that information that was just given there, you might want to rewind that and listen to it again, especially that part about believing that you're in the right place and that the fish are there and the fish are hungry and they're going to eat. You have to spend some time, good quality time, but you also have to keep moving. And there's a, Barry, I think there's a little bit of a a judgment call there as to when to keep at it and then when to say, all right, I've done what I can do here and it's time to move on, don't you?
4: Yeah, it is. And kind of, that's a funny story, because I've been fishing with my wife and she put her in one place. She will not leave until she catches a fish (laughs) and she will cast and she will cast. (laughs) And, and I'm, you know, I've gone up a hundred yards from where we started and she stayed there the whole time, but eventually she does get a fish out of there. So, I mean, (laughs) if there is something to be said with that, David, you're right. If you just stick with it, you know, you just, you never know what, Type of drift is going to get their attention and when they're going to strike. But um, I don't have the patience that she does. But <laughs> but you're right. If you got to if you don't get a strike within a couple, you know, three or four drifts, you may want to move on. There's a lot of work fishing in the Smokies. You're you're hopping rocks. You're climbing. You're got some pretty swift current from time to time that you got to be uh, careful. So you'll get a workout. So
2: yeah, absolutely. And the slickest rocks
4: anywhere. <laughs> Yes,
2: <laughs> you best be careful up there. That's pick uh, <laughs> your landing site carefully because you're you're probably gonna, <laughs> yes, you're right. probably going to use it. I want to back up just a
0: second before we we go into this last question. Some good information there, just kind of like spilled out and almost nonchalantly. It could have passed you by. Go back and listen. And there's some really good points in there that. Each one of these guys made, even if you're not going to Richland Creek or you're 10,000 miles from the Smokies, still there's some good information there. And there's a lot of things about water here that probably transfer up to Canada or out to the Rockies or into New Zealand and, and into those areas. So it's just there's a lot of good little nuggets. So let's move on to the last question, uh, and this is this question is more from me asking you for my own interest. And some of this I may have heard before, and some I haven't. I think we all need to ask ourselves sometimes, "Why do I do this?" We'll start with Dan and ask, "Why do you think you fly fish, Dan?"
1: I think I just love it. <laughs> I think it's it's a pretty stupid answer, but that's the, that's yeah. because I have to, I guess. <laughs> I love the um, the. You know, I've always been a fisherman and uh, grew up in a family of fishermen. My dad's the one that introduced me to fly fishing. And um, there's, so there's some of that that goes along with it. It's something my dad taught me. and. I want to make sure that I enjoy that, and and I want to make sure that I continue to to pursue it and expose my nephews and anybody else that I can I can influence on that too. But I love doing it. It's a challenging way to fish. It can be a frustrating way of fish, <laughs> but the the reward is is always better. I, I feel when you're fly casting and fly fishing than it is with traditional means. So. Um, I just love it.
0: I get you. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you're right. It can be frustrating. Sometimes if you're catching fish, even it can be frustrating because your casting isn't just right. Your presentation's okay, but you can feel, you know, you feel like it needs to be better. You can put a lot of pressure on yourself. Undue pressure that you don't need because we're supposed to be enjoying it. But I think everybody kind of wants to go out there and get a little better and a little better every time, too.
1: Yeah, I, I wish that for anyone who's who's new to the sport early on, It, it it's rare that you'll have a whole lot of su- success right away. But I would hope that you stick with it because it, it, at, some, at some point soon, it'll happen. You'll have one of those days where everything just seems to work and then you'll you really will be hooked for life. Yeah. Yeah, And then you get to spend all kinds of money on stuff. (laughs) You've introduced yourself to a really expensive hobby. (laughs) Yes, yes. But, you know,
0: you can get out there and do it for, like Anthony was saying earlier, I mean, he started with a $3 rod, which is probably a $300 rod nowadays, but a cheaper rod. Didn't know really a lot about what was going on, but then has progressed over 50 years and gotten pretty dang good at it really mm-hmm. you think about all the big fish he's caught and and all the I mean, teaching grandkids to fish and that sort of thing so and i don't want to take his thunder away from him but but uh anthony why do you think you fly fish
3: i started at a time when i was trying to figure out who i was and i was also reading a lot of hemingway and you you can't read hemingway and not want to fly fish and you know so it started from there and then it was it was where i grew up it was really kind of unique to run across somebody that actually did fly fishing so i remember uh, and i've told the story to you guys before the uncle that that showed up in his airstream from washington state that came to visit my grandparents one summer and, and it was my job to take him out to go to go fishing and we look in the airstream and he's got all these really cool fly rods and salmon flies and and we just kind of made an immediate connection. I was like 14 years old, and I was fishing with worms and a bobber, and he was out there doing exactly what I described with my eagle claw, is he was out there at this farm pond with all this equipment, just having the time of his life catching bluegill and bass and that sort of thing and enjoying that just as much as the salmon that he had showed me that he had caught up in Washington State. And, you know, it just... Fly fishermen are kind of a different breed, and it's it's about more than just catching the fish. I have been, I've, I've fished in, oh, I don't know, 17, 18 states now from Alaska down to Florida and a bunch of places in between. I have seen some of the most beautiful country in this country because of fly fishing. And, and going to these places and getting deep into them and just experiencing them. And it's, it's been a huge part of my life and hopefully will be for many years to come. So it, it's, it's about more than the fish. It just is. And then you, then you, you wrap it up and there are shut up. You guys are some of the best friends I've ever had. And now I get really mushy and I think it's been more than 12 years, but you are my go-to guys. And our connection is, uh, you know, a $15 rod and a popping bug and and take it from there. And we've had great trips together and great times together and been through some stuff with each other. And that, You know, that's a $5 answer to a $2 question uh, because I can't give less than a $5 answer on this. It's just... It's who I
0: am. We've solved a lot of the world's problems.
3: We we have, and people would only listen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Barry, why do you think you fly fish?
4: I, my father really never fished, and I never really fished that much as a child growing up. But I I think how I got started in fly fishing is really my wife, thankfully. She bought me, and John Garrick, she bought me a book. I think she must have read an article about him before. whatever. I don't know how she found that, this book. But she, for Christmas one year, she gave me John Garrick's The Sex, Death, and Fly Fishing. Mm, And I read that book. And this guy is just an amazing, I'm sure most of your audience has read some of his books. I mean, they're just, every one of them is just great. His essays are wonderful. And I read that and I said, this is what I need to do. I mean, it's just appealing to you. And I did. I just, this is something I, I want to do. And I think like kind of what Anthony said. I just got a cheap little L.L. bean fly rod and went out and fished these ponds out in Columbus, Ohio and catch bluegill. But I think fly fishing, it it just once it gets in your blood, it's just it's most it's awesome. It's active. You're always doing something. You're you're thinking about your your fly. You're going to choose. You're thinking about your drift. You're thinking about your cast. It is so absorbing that you're not when you're fishing. You don't think about anything else, which is great. You don't know stress, no nothing. You're just thinking about how can I catch this fish um, and how can I enjoy these surroundings? It's just, it's an awesome sport, hobby, whatever you call it. It's just, it's great. Yeah. What do you, is it a sport? Is it a hobby? Is it a pastime? What exactly is it? It's like I said, it's a passion. It's an addiction.
0: (laughs) It's a curse. It's an addiction. (laughs) Yeah yeah so true it is easy to, it's easy to get addicted to all the different little nuances within it but you do get a lot more out of it than than just i caught a fish that's for sure uh yeah and and i spent i spent the day in a day in the boat the other day with a guy that i've known for about i guess two years and we just had the best time i mean he caught his fair share of fish uh and i rode him around and tried to put him on the best fish i could but every fish was was But the conversation was fantastic and getting to know him was fantastic. So it's more than, like you said, it's more than just the fish. Let's move on and see what, what uh, Yoda's got to say. Yoda, why do you think you fly fish?
2: When I first thought about this, uh, I was preparing for this and uh, I thought of a bunch of blah, blah, blah platitudes, I guess. Um, Which is what I did. And no, no, (laughs) believe me, all 'all, y'all, it's, it all, everything everybody has said really describes uh for all of us but i was standing at the at the uh, counter and and mentioned to my bride my wife uh about this question and i was telling her what what i had on my mind she reminded me of what she's heard me say many many times which is I feel closer to my creator standing in a mountain stream than anywhere else. Yep. That being said, yeah you know, I've gotten to take grandkids I've gotten to take my wife fishing fly fishing although she's not a huge fan. Um, she thinks getting in waders is a lot of work. <laughs> well, it really kind of is. Good. It really kind of is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it took me
3: an hour and a half today. but
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten to take grandkids fishing in Colorado. I've taken my son-in-law, took my son-in-law fly fishing before. He he dabbles a little bit. Take him before he married my daughter to make sure that, that it was okay. Um, yeah and um did he pass the test or not that you know he's been around for 20 about 25 24 years now so i guess so
0: yeah i guess he did pass the test didn't he yeah yeah
2: there's there's a neat thing of that that ties family and friends together friends becoming uh, uh like family uh family you choose and um there's there's something magic about it that that is beyond my capabilities to to put into words truthfully that is uh when i first started i had fished a good portion of my life and we were at llb in in maine and i told my i told my wife I said i think i need to buy a fly rod while i'm up here and she said oh heck no she said that's a that's a whole nother kind of fishing and how many rods do you have now and i said no i said it's it's just it's just like other fishing. it's just a little different well I knew she was right. She knew she was right. And and she could see me going down a whole new path of and she's 100% right, you know, all these years later, you you start you start fly fishing, and the next thing you know you're tying flies, not that you have to, but you just do because it's part of the fun, then you get the thrill of uh, catching a fish on a fly that you tied, And you think you're something fantastic because you fooled a fish you know and and it just it just leads to so many other things trips and fishing with your friends and there's just a certain magic to it that um and it's that well it's just that it's just magic and that's 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 it.
1: Can I go again because all these guys gave these really esoteric <laughs> meaningful answers and I but really to cut through all of it we do it because it looks cool.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: I thought of that. That's right. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. You can't do this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't
3: do it well but you don't know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you don't know what you're looking at. All those reasons and more. Did we lose Gary? I think he did. We lost him. I made know. him mad. I should have made sure I should have made that comment. Yeah. He was gonna say that same yeah. thing and well, you yeah. said it instead. All right. Well, let's wrap up this episode. Thanks for coming out. By the way, this is, uh, episode number 50. I wanted to do something a little different. Every once in a while, I'd like to throw in something that I, that I like, uh, that I'm, I'm close to anyway. But for the audience, share this uh, episode with your friends and your fishing partners, subscribe or follow. So you'll be the first to know when episode drops. If you find value in this podcast and want to give back. Please drop by the Southampton Supply store and make a purchase. You just listen to episode number 50, the Liars and Tires, Dead Presidents of South to apply. See you next time.
3: When do we get our check?
1: We we'll see you at uh, episode 100. We're coming back. <laughs> coming oh, back at right. 100. There you go. <laughs> <Five> presidents. <laughs> live, president live presidents. Which live presidents will take that
3: us? Yeah. Only if I get my check. I
0: want my check. Yeah, you're, you're going to get it. I promise. Okay,
4: all
0: right. <laughs> he has a check. Well, it's nice that he got to have somebody yelling his head for it. All day,
1: though. He said they fished all day, and that's what we did on the uh, the vomit bay. Yeah,
0: yeah. The Vomit Bay float was exactly that. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet they stopped by that little creek too.
1: Probably. He said that they didn't they didn't see many fish, but you know, you and I went. They were everywhere. Yeah. We couldn't get the bite because you kept throwing up. Yeah, well,
0: that was what was getting them to come around, but they were <laughs> full by the time they got
1: there. Dave <laughs> was at the back Some. of the boat puking, and there's yeah. fish everywhere. And I'm doing what every good friend should do: I'm fish. fishing. <laughs> Here, <please. Good laughs> back.
3: You okay back there? Yeah. Hold it down. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Could you roll? Could you roll me over the other side? <laughs> yeah. I want to try that. <laughs>
0: Here's a beer-soaked towel for you to wipe your head with.
3: <laughs> I don't think it's legal to chum. Tennessee, much, right? yeah. I, technically, didn't I was.
1: It. yeah,
0: And that was funny. I don't think I had a beer all day long.
3: No,
1: you just got overheated. Right yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> uh, Well, we better get started so we can get finished so y'all can go back to your, your Zoom calls at work. So what's the premise behind the FOD? I don't know. What? What's the premise? I lost my whole train of thought. Hold on. <laughs>
3: that's right.
0: Oh, I remember yeah. what I was going to say now.
3: That's that's good.
1: Yeah, that's often helpful. Oh, <laughs> uh, will
3: right. call the National Weather Service and say, what's the turbidity?
1: Turbidity forecasts yeah. are subject to change. <laughs> <laughs> Conditions may change without warning.
3: This he, meeting is been recorded. Oh whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, so whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: He looks like a Time out. a Rastafarian
3: Scottish gorilla.
0: Scottish gorilla.
3: That's Right.
0: That yeah. <laughs>
3: that's kinda that's kind of that's kind of the look I'm going for. So yeah.
0: Is it? Well you yeah. I believe you yeah. did it tonight. It's
3: just, <laughs> uh, I don't you know, I only wear this on special occasions
2: changed my location last night about what they about 9:30 10 o'clock Yeah, I wish you had, you had a, but, to, but to to Calderwood. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think all of us should take,
1: say Calderwood. Yeah, Calderwood. right. Yeah. Calderwood. are to Calderwood. Calderwood. Calderwood in the town. Calderwood. Wrong? Hey look, Millard Fillmore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's buried at Calderwood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.